0: Alright, 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 alright. Day 229. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. Uh, my name is Keith and remember this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. Uh, we come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. Alright, today is... uh the day we start the book of, start and finish (laughs) the book of Haggai, right? Only two chapters. And Haggai is this really small and short book, but it's so important in the grand narrative of scripture. Remember that scripture is this one long grand narrative that climaxes in the personal work of Jesus and finishes and ends at the end of history when Jesus comes back. And so remember all of the prophets up to this point, right? We've talked about how uh, for the most part, they prophesied that God will bring Babylon to judge them. We looked in Ezra, Nehemiah, or Ezra, uh, how God brought the people back to the land post-exilic community. And this happens uh, uh, where they come back after the destruction uh, of of Jerusalem. And um, remember that the prophets... Uh, essentially prophesied hope right that there will be a restoration right uh, of God bringing his people back to the land and so here we have like uh, Ezra Nehemiah we see a partial fulfillment of this right of the people back in the land now it's 520 BC Babylon has been taken over by Persia God's people are under Persian rule King Cyrus remember made the decree that allowed them to come back and Zerubbabel and uh, Joshua cat named Joshua led the folks back into the land look what the, the text starts Often says though the Lord of armies says this, these people say the time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for your you yourselves to live in paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now what we find is remember that the people of God came back into the land of Jerusalem, and the Lord says, I want the temple rebuilt. And the people are here prioritizing their own luxurious desires before God's desires for them, right? So God is saying, no, no, I want my temple, my house rebuilt, but everybody is like rebuilding their luxury homes, right? And you see the, the priorities are out of whack for the people of God, right? And if we remember the context, remember in the book of Ezra, how they faced all this opposition. And so many of the cast was like, no, no using that as an excuse <laughs> not to prioritize what God had called them to do. I wish I had time to talk about how this thing is so pertinent today, how people are in our day and age, um, making excuses about a pandemic or about a, uh, specific circumstance, why they aren't prioritizing the worship of God, why they are prioritizing and seeking first building something that they want to build rather than building the kingdom of god seeking to 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 pour into and give their time to and their energy to their paneled homes rather than the actual house and people of god and it's interesting it's interesting that he says paneled homes, right? Because if you go back to first Kings and you look at Solomon and and the type of home he actually built, it actually took him 13 years to build his uh, palace for him and his wife, uh, his foreign wife that he wasn't supposed to, supposed to marry. And it took him seven years to build his, uh, to build the actual temple that the Lord dwelt in. And so they're acting very Solomonic, (laughs) if I could say in this regard. And so the Lord is not pleased. And he's like, fam, he's like, yo, um, Think carefully about your ways. Right. I think that's something we need to hear as well. We need to think carefully about our ways. Are we really prioritizing fidelity in the worship of the one true God or are we prioritizing other things? Right. We have to be honest with ourselves about that. And he's saying, yo, reorient and recalibrate your priorities, my people. Right. And listen, so much of our identity is found in our Priorities, right? So much of our identity is found in our priorities. What we choose day in and day out to prioritize reveals who we are and what we are about, right? And look what the Lord says in verse six You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, but never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes, but never have enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. He says, fam, Zerubbabel is like, yo, God isn't blessing anything you guys are doing because you guys are really neglecting and disobeying something really important that he would have you to do, right? And Haggai is going to go in again about how the Lord, fam, had brought drought and had brought famine and remember in the ancients mind this was a type of divine judgment remember deuteronomy 28 and what the lord was saying he's done all of these things and you guys still haven't repented you guys still haven't corrected your ways he's shown you with rebellion and a neglect of him looks like or, or 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 what the consequences of rebellion against him and neglect of him looks like and you still haven't changed right So the Lord is like, no, 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 like I want you to uh, give yourself to what I've called you to give yourself to. I think Jesus picks up on this when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness uh, and all these things will be provided for you. Or Paul says the gospel is of first importance, right? First Corinthians 15, God wants us as his people to prioritize uh, pleasing him, right, and protect the worship of God. Of him. By the end of the chapter, we say we see that um, God r- uh, rouses the spirits of Zerubbabel, Joshua and all the people enabling their obedience. I think one of the things the text does want us to remember that we have to lean on, be led by and walk in step with the spirit in order to in order to obey the Lord as he would have us do so. Haggai chapter two comes and, you know. What you realize is that their expectations as they start to get back to building. So they actually get back to work. They actually do what the Lord says. Their ex- their expectations, though, and their outcomes aren't overlapping, right? So the expectation they had is like, no, no, we'll get back to work. We'll build the house of God and everything will be all good. But the expectations and the actual outcome is not overlapping, right? So 500 years ago, Solomon built a temple and it was magnificent, right? First Kings chapter eight. And... It says, it says this in uh, verse three. Who was left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Doesn't it seem to you like nothing by comparison? Even so, check this. Be strong. He's like, listen. I know it doesn't look anything like y'all expect it to look. I, I know that y'all read the prophets. I know that y'all remember uh, from your ancestors telling you about what Solomon did, and I know that it doesn't look as you would expect it to look but he says this take courage i'm with you right god gave them these great and precious promises and what they realize is that the temple pales in comparison to the first one folks know what it was like before it was destroyed 70 years ago 70 years ago the old heads really know right and so what guess what happens their morale is low Why? Because their expectations didn't match their outcomes, right? I think this is such a good mini parable of the Christian life, right? God tells us to do one thing instead of doing our own thing. And guess what? It seems as if it's not working out. (laughs) It seems as if it's not working. It seems as if it was the wrong decision. It seems as if the things aren't going as they should or as they ought. And it gets discouraging. And things aren't all we thought they would be. But what I love about God, man, what I love about God is that he makes promise on top of promise on top of promise to encourage us and give us hope. Right. His promises are enough to keep us hopeful, to keep going and to do what he's called us to do. Look what he says in verse 2, nine, two verse nine. He's like uh, the final glory of this house will be greater than the first, says the Lord of armies. I will provide peace in this place. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. Regardless of what it looks like, he's like, fam, I'm going to bring my glory. I am. It will, in fact, exceed, exceed the glory of the former. You want it to match the glory of the former. It's going to exceed the the glory of the former. And I think what the, the the timeless theological principle and truth we can take from this passage is that one, God's promises do get greater later, right? We see this escalation of the promises of God as redemptive history unfolds in the Bible, right? Where we will one day have the new heavens and new earth on earth because of the work of Jesus. But also, listen, the reality of God's promises, right? The truthfulness of God's promises can't always be assessed and fully measured by the naked eye right it 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 has to be taken a hold of by faith right we we can't just go off of what things look like what things seem like right we do not have the ultimate perspective that the lord does and what happens is this um the lord makes this promise the spirit is among them he's like no i'm going to exceed the glory and guess what jesus comes right and the people observe his glory right that far exceeds something greater than the temple is here jesus will say and so christ comes and fulfills these promises and he will fulfill even further promises in the future i love how the the chapter ends, ends off though haggai finishes off speaking uh of Jesus he gives a Jesus you know kind of like parable he says priests you know riddle me this if you touch something dead and then go touch something like bread or wine or anything else is it now defiled right and they're like yes right that's Torah that's easy that's Leviticus that's Numbers.'" So he says, bet. So, in the same way, I want y'all to know that while you build God's kingdom and temple, right, and wait for the fullness of the reality of the promises, keep your hands clean for me, Chief. Stay away from idolatry. Stay away from injustice. You can't build a holy house with filthy hands, right? Pursue holiness in the meantime, in between time. And the same thing is true for us. Listen, while we're waiting on the fullness of God's promises to come, to be with Him forever, we have to give our hands to the worship of the one true God. And into to the loving of the neighbors he's placed around us. Right. Idolatry and injustice are two things that the Lord wants us to keep our hearts and our hands away from. And at the very end, he gives this promise to Zerubbabel and he says, hey, I'm going to judge all the Gentile kingdoms and I'm going to put my signet ring on you. For I've chosen you, little Israel, who is being ruled by the Persians, you're promised a type of political power and rulership that you don't have right now. And so Zerubbabel, remember his name means planted in Babylon, planted in Babylon or seed of Babylon. And so he is of the Davidic line, it's so interesting. He is of the Davidic line, he's planted in Babylon. And so God is going to use Zerubbabel from the Davidic line but planted in Babylon to bring about the seed of David, to bring about the seed of Abraham, to bring about the Holy seed who's gonna crush the head of the serpent. Genesis three chapter 15, God is going to show that Even from these little small beginnings, he is going to bring his world wide kingdom. This, if we understand it, man, in its ancient context, this should give us so much hope. Listen, the reality of God's promises today cannot be assessed merely by the naked eye. We have to reorient, recalibrate our priorities if they've fallen off Kilter. And the beauty of it is, listen, the beauty of it is, if you've said, man, I've strayed away from the Lord, man, I'm not as close to the Lord as I was, man, I'm not going as hard for Jesus as I once was, check this. It's another opportunity to turn back to Him. And the beauty of our God is that He is always waiting with open arms let's pray god we ask that we will continue to prioritize the advancement of your kingdom i pray lord that you will arouse the holy spirit within us so that we will lean on the spirit be led by the spirit and walk by the spirit we thank you for jesus who perfectly lives out uh, and fulfills all of the scriptures father we ask that you will give us the strength today to look to him and work while we wait on the fullness of the reality of